Let's take our Bibles this morning, and we're going to turn to two passages of Scripture. First will be in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, and then we'll turn over just a few pages to 2 Timothy chapter number 3. So we'll read first of all 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, and then I want to read from 2 Timothy uh, chapter number 3. And uh, this morning, I want the message uh, to serve as a good reminder for you and I of some things. Uh, I want us to be reminded of uh, what God has done for us. I want us to be reminded of uh, a spirit uh, that the Lord expects us to have, and that's of gratitude, of thankfulness. And we're going into a, a Thanksgiving holiday week. And believe it or not, it's more than just turkey and Thanksgiving, uh, turkey and dressing that we should be. And by the way, it's, it's a scientific fact. You're more happy, you're more joyous if you eat southern cornbread dressing than if you eat stuffing. I just thought I'd throw that out there. And uh, the truth's going to come from behind this pulpit, whether you agree with it or not. I just want you to know. Uh, but uh, uh, a lot can be fixed if we had a revival of Thanksgiving. I want to remind us as Americans that our, our nation was founded, and I, I don't say Christian principles, I say Bible principles, uh, found on Bible principles. And the further this nation gets away from the Bible, the worse off we are. Uh, that's, just, that's, just, that's just a fact. That's just a reality. And a, a revival of Thanksgiving would, would do a lot for our nation. Uh, but do a lot for our churches, do a lot for our homes. And so it would solve a lot of uh, marriage issues. It would solve a lot of family problems, relationship problems. And so I want you to give me your ear and your heart this morning. First Thessalonians chapter number 5, I'll read one verse from this chapter, verse number 18. First Thessalonians 5, verse number 18. In everything, complaint. I think that's how some people see that verse. In everything, give Thanks for this, what? Giving thanks is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Pastor, I want to know what God's will is for my life. Well, I can tell you part of it is for you to give thanks in everything because that is the will of God for every believer. Second Timothy chapter number three, if you turn over just uh, uh, not too, too far in your Bible, Second Timothy chapter number three. While you're turning there, if, you, if, you're, if you've been attending our church any length of time, you, you know what I'm about to say. As we look at, just to tell you, 2 Timothy chapter 3, what is going on here, Paul is writing about the last times. These perilous times shall come. And I want you to notice and be reminded of some things that are mentioned here. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Paul lays it right out. This is the last days. This is the perilous times. And as I've taught you before, I believe that he's describing not what is out in society, but what has come into the church. And it's, there's some things there that preachers preach on, and we should. Right in the middle of the end of verse number two, there's the word unthankful. Well, as you study the word of God, there's something that you cannot deny. God 
expects gratitude. God expects for you and I to give gratitude and to be thankful. God dealt harshly many, many times with His people because of simple ingratitude. Now we see in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5 that we are to give thanks in everything. We see in 2 Timothy chapter number 3 that one of the signs of those perilous times is an unthankfulness among God's people. And today I want to use this message as a, a warning, a reminder to you and I of what happens in the absence of thanksgiving. What happens in the absence of thanksgiving. Father, I pray that you would use your word today. Father, I believe with no doubt that this is the message you've prepared for this morning. And Father, I, I pray that the message would be used as you see fit. May the Spirit of God speak to us. May throughout the course of the message today, may we be reminded of your goodness to us, your graciousness to us. May we be reminded of the Lord Jesus and his sacrifice for our sins. May we be reminded of we would be without hope without him. May we take some time this morning to be thankful for our salvation. And Father, if there hasn't been a time when we've looked back, we can look back and say, I know that I put my faith and trust in Christ. May today be the day where the Spirit of God brings a realization and conviction, a realization that we need a Savior. And Father, may anyone who uh, has not got that settled, may today be their day of salvation. May the result today be a revival of thanksgiving in the hearts of your people. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanksgiving, as you and I know, is a day on the calendar that is set aside for us to be reminded of the goodness of God and to give thanksgiving. You can go back in the history of our uh, nation and, and you think back to this time of thanksgiving and what has always been taught as a time for to give thanks to God's goodness. But I remind you that thanksgiving is not just a day on the calendar for a child of God because every day ought to be a day of thanksgiving. The first thanksgiving was in honor of a new land and new beginnings and new friendships. And obviously, as I've already mentioned, this is a way of life. Long before the pilgrims and Indians got together, our God had decreed for man to be grateful, for man to live in a spirit of thanksgiving. I'm here to tell you this morning, ladies and gentlemen, that if we would just be grateful, it would change our world. If we would just look through the prism of gratitude, it would change our perspective. It would live with more joy. We'd live with more happiness. Uh, we would uh, certainly please our God. And this morning, I want to remind you that I believe that Thanksgiving can be uh, simplified and it's revealed in two different ways. I think Thanksgiving is revealed in your priorities. Your priorities reveal what you're really grateful for, what you're really thankful for. See, we live in a day where it's easy to say something, but it's a lot harder to actually live it. It's easy to say, well, I, let's stop and give thanks to the Lord, and I believe we should do that. But all oh, your priorities are going to reveal the rest of the year how thankful you are. I also think thanksgiving is revealed in your praise. It is a fact that we, as a child of God, we are to praise God. We are to praise Him. I'm afraid many times as a child of God, we're quick to complain to him. 
And I'm thankful that God does want to hear our requests and God does want to hear our needs. That's not quite what it means to complain. But we're quick to complain and we're quick to point out what we don't have. We're quick to point out what we need. But friend, you and I should begin our day, we should end our day with praise to our God. Boy, if you woke up this morning, and I'm assuming everybody here did, you've got something to praise him for. Well, you woke up, and I know our nation's got its problems, but I still think it's the greatest nation in the world. Well, we got a lot to be thankful for. If you're saved this morning, say, well, Pastor, I just don't have it as good as other people. If you're saved on your way to heaven, you've got something to praise God for. And we ought to be quick to praise our God. Thanksgiving is revealed in our priorities. Thanksgiving is revealed in our praise. Ingratitude, or as we read the word in 2 Timothy 3, unthankful, is simply the lack of gratitude or thanksgiving. Can you imagine God's people getting to the place where they're just not thankful for what God has done? They're just not thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ. They're not thankful for a church that they can gather and they can fellowship and they can sing those songs together and they can hear the word of God preached. They're not thankful. They're not thankful for what God has done in their life. They're not thankful for what God has done in their home and in their marriage and in their family. They just get to a place where what a sad world it would be if if you could just take all the thankfulness, all the gratitude, and remove it. What a sad life it is and what a miserable existence it is for God's people who have every reason to be thankful, who have every reason to have a heart of gratitude, no matter what you face, no matter what you deal with, for God's people to get to a place where they are void of gratitude and they're unthankful. The Bible gives us insight into the seriousness of ingratitude. We all, well, I know I should be thankful. It's much worse than that. God reminds us in 2 Timothy 3 that one of the signs of those perilous times in the last days is for a people to be unthankful. We would scold a child if they were given a gift and It's like, well, I didn't want this. I wanted a different color. Well, I I appreciate this, but I wanted this one. We would scold a child, yet sad in the hearts of many Christians is when God does something for us. We're like, well, that's nice, but I would rather have this. For God sends somebody in our life to meet a need and say, well, I appreciate that, but could you have? It is a serious matter for God's people to be ungrateful. If you study the Old Testament, you study the, 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 how God deals with his people, he takes, very, he, takes it, he takes it as a great insult for God's people to be a people of, with ingratitude and unthankfulness. And friend, make no mistake about it, I believe he feels the same way today. He tells us it's a sign of those perilous times when, when there's ingratitude and there's unthankfulness. When we have gratitude, we have a heart of joy. We have a heart of praise. We have a heart of benevolence. Well, you, you're willing to help somebody else when you're grateful for what you have. It's a serious matter, and this morning I want to take the time to kind of put our focus on what takes place 
when there's a lack of thanksgiving, there's a lack of gratitude. I want us to see what happens in the absence of thanksgiving. And I'll use some examples from Scripture this morning. And so follow along with me, if you will. Number one, let me make this statement. Ingratitude is rebellion. Well, I'm just not wired that way. It's rebellion. Well, you just don't know what I've been through. It's rebellion. Well, Pastor, you just don't know, you just don't know what I've experienced. It's rebellion. Ingratitude is rebellion. First Thessalonians 5, which we read from, verse 18. In everything give thanks. It is a command of God to give thanks. Let me help you this morning. Pastor, I don't feel like being thankful. What does that have to do with it? He said to give thanks anyway. Well, it's just life just hasn't been fair. What does that have to do with it? We are commanded to give thanks. Friend, let me help you this morning. And if you think about this, it will be easy for you to admit this. We don't always just do everything we feel like doing. We do a lot of things because we have to do it. And it is a command of God to give thanks. If you are not giving thanks as God has commanded you to, it is because of disobedience. Well, Pastor, I just don't think that much about it. We need to start thinking about it. Ingratitude is rebellion. We have a command to give thanks. Well, when God makes it fair, then I'll... If God made it fair, you and I would all burn forever in hell for our sins. I'm glad of grace. I'm glad of God's mercy. I'm glad God makes a way. And friend, it is a command to give thanks. Also notice in this passage of Scripture, I would tell you after point number one, it's going to get better, but it's not. Verse 18, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning everybody else. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning just my kids. No, concerning you. There's no exceptions given for this command. You know one of the problems we have in our nation and even among God's people? We think we're special. Well, preach it, pastor. Everybody else needs this. No, you and I do too. Ingratitude is rebellion. It, many times, instead of being faithful, for what we, thankful for what we have, we often murmur about what we do not have. Well, we just don't have this or we need this. Hey, let's stop for a minute and let's turn that around and let's look at what we do have. Well, you look at the, you, you study the word of God, and anytime God's people murmured against God, he took that as a sign of rebellion, a sign of complaining. And you look at them, and sometimes, you know, you, you read the scripture, they're murmuring, complaining, and you say, what is your problem? I mean, he, he, he leads you, he gives you food, he gives you water, he, he puts a cloud of, of shade by day and a, and a fire at night to keep you warm. He, he, he vanquishes all of your enemies. Why are you murmuring? Why are you complaining? Well, this manna, I'm just getting tired of this manna. They lost sight of the fact that it's angel food. 
Well, couldn't God give us something, something else? Hey, look, he's feeding you every day. You get up and there's the food. You get as much as you need for your family. And you know what's going to happen in the morning? There's going to be more there. God's taking care of you. But the murmuring against God, it was rebellion. Christian, do we do that? Do we complain about what God is doing? About what God has not done? We've got to be very, very careful because ingratitude is rebellion. What I'm hoping to do this morning is I'm hoping to show us what happens when we don't obey that command of God to in everything give thanks. That's good, that's bad. God doesn't tell us we have to like it. He says do it. And I have found in my life when I just do what God has told me to do, it works out okay. It, it does something in my life. It does something. The end result is a positive thing. And if we're not grateful like we should be, ingratitude is rebellion. I want us to see how God looks at ingratitude. God doesn't look at it in a good light. He considers it rebellion, a violation of his command. I said, number one, ingratitude is rebellion. Number two, ingratitude is pride. When you and I are ungrateful, it's because we think we deserve better. I just can't believe they didn't do You think you deserve better. When we're ungrateful, it's because we think we are better. We think we deserve better than other people. We think we deserve better than what we have. Friend, I want to remind you that God has been so good to us. God has blessed us. We, live, we throw more food away than many countries in the world have. God has been so good to us, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what your burdens are, they may be heavy, and I'm not making light of them, but God has still been good. And when we have an attitude of ingratitude, you know what it is? It's pride. Whenever I think of ingratitude and pride, I, what comes to my mind is the first king of Israel, Saul. How humble a young man he was. And when Israel demanded the king and God said, I'll give you what you want. That's a lesson there too, by the way. Sometimes God gives you what you want, you find out it's not what you wanted. When Saul was chosen by God and he was anointed by Samuel as that first king, humble, and he went to Samuel, and you know the story, and he was out looking for his father's donkeys that had got out. And he went to the man of God and said, can you help me out? And he said, oh, they've already been found. But now he gets to a place where he's standing in the stead of the man of God. And he's making decisions as the man of God. Why? Because he has elevated himself above that which he should have considered himself. And Samuel rebukes him and said, when thou was little in thine own eyes. It would do God's people good if we'd have a revival and lay our pride down. And the reason why we get disgruntled in our marriage is because we have pride. The reason why we get disgruntled in our churches is because of pride. The reason why we get disgruntled in a nation is because of pride. And, it, and it's tied to ingratitude. You know what we need? We need to thank God. If you'll just permit me for just a moment, it is a privilege to be a part of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. 
there's not churches like this on every street corner, if you haven't noticed. This is a church that God meets with. This is a church that God has blessed. This is a church where God's people care for one another. When God's word has its proper place, God has been good to us. You need to be thankful for this church. You need to be thankful for what God's done in your life, in your home, through the church, through the word of God. What he's done in gratitude is pride. Well, I think the pastor should use me in this way. That's pride. Well, I don't know why God hasn't given me this opportunity. And the fact that God even knows who we are is something that we ought to thank him for. Well, we forget that we're just a sinner saved by grace. I never want to forget, I never want to forget that every time... I walk to this pulpit. It's a privilege for me to serve the Lord. It's a privilege that I, I get to serve Him. And friend, whether you stand behind a pulpit or whether you hold a door, you, you, you run a vacuum in the house of God, whatever you do for Him, don't ever get over the fact that you get to serve the Lord. And when we're talking about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, just to, be, just to be in the business is good. Just to be in the work is good. Just to have something to do is good. I don't ever want to get to a place where I'm ungrateful for what, God, what I have because it's pride. You know, by the way, pride has destroyed more churches. You just name your sin. The greatest threat to God's people is pride. You get disgruntled when you get full of yourself. It's God that needs to do the work. I said, number one, ingratitude is rebellion. Number two, ingratitude is pride. Before I go to number three, everybody okay this morning? Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> There's a progression. I'm going to continue with it. And I think it's, I want us to be, I want us to be alarmed. I want us to be brought to a place where we search our own heart and say, am I really grateful for what God's done for me? I say number three this morning, ingratitude leads to entitlement. We think we deserve something just because we exist. We're not thankful. America has a lot of problems today because it has an entitlement problem. I think I deserve something. Why? Because I say so. I think I, I deserve a free education. I deserve free health care. I deserve free... Matter of fact, I want everything for free. It's an entitlement problem. It's a, it's a problem of ingratitude. Oh, I, I'm, just, I'm just a little, this isn't your typical Sunday morning sermon this morning, but I do this every once in a while, so I get you every once in a while. But I'm so weary of these professional athletes tweeting from their $100 million mansion about how bad America is. Ungrateful. Ungrateful. Entitled. You mean somebody else isn't going to pay for my education? 
No, just like they paid for their own, you could probably pay for your own too. It might do you some good. We have an entitlement problem because of an ingratitude problem. Stay with me, though. America's entitlement problem stems from ingratitude, but the church's entitlement problem stems from the same source, ingratitude. There's a danger, and I don't want our church to ever get here, that just because we assemble and walk in those doors, God better show up. And because of what God's done in the past, he better do it again. Doesn't God know what I, the stands I've taken for him? And when I need something, I, 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 just, I, I deserve it. No, we ought to gather together each and every Sunday and say, God, would you please meet with us? God, we, we, we don't have what it takes. And, you know, we're going we're gonna to assemble together and try and, and sing as a choir and use the talents that you've given us. And, but, but without you, it's nothing. And we're going to try and, and get together. We have needs and we want to hear from you, but we can't do it on our own. That's a much different attitude and spirit than say, well, I mean, pastor sure laid an egg today. Uh, well, he, he was off his game today. I mean, hypothetically, that would never happen here. But <laughs> What I'm trying to get us to see is what, ingratitude is a serious thing. Now it's a, it's, 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 and we're, we're hitting a lot of reset buttons, but I want to just say, when you go sit up in that choir, it is a privilege. Not a right. You have the opportunity to sing in a group, it's a privilege. It's not a right. Boy, to be a part of God's church, say, what makes us better than Christians in another part of the world who would give anything to have a church to go to, would give anything to have a group of people that they could gather together with around the world? We get to a place where we're entitled because we're not grateful. And that's the danger of a church that for generations, you have generation after generation after generation, is there a generation comes along that thinks it's always been this way, thinks the buildings have always been there, thinks there's been no sacrifice made, and it, I just need to show up, it needs to be given to me. It's it's ingratitude. It's unthankful. And ingratitude leads to entitlement. By the way, um, well, I'll move on. Number four, because I I have an extra point today. Number four, ingratitude leads to disloyalty. You don't wake up and sell the Bible out. You first have a heart of ingratitude. You don't get up and turn your back on the Lord after what he's done for you and embrace a false ideology or just walk away from it. You first get disgruntled and ungrateful. Young people, you don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to turn my back on mom and dad. You fail to show gratitude for the roof you got over your head. You fail to show gratitude for the food that you have on your table. See, ingratitude leads to disloyalty. If you follow what's taking place in our country at all, and and you look and you say, how can these elected representatives betray the Constitution? How could they betray our nation? They're not grateful for it. That's why. They've never had to pay a price for it. That's why. 
They, they, they have a heart of ingratitude. That's why. Likewise, how can somebody who's been saved in a Bible preaching church, who is trained in a Bible preaching church, found their spouse in a Bible preaching church, one day stand up and say, I don't want to have anything to do with that, try and hurt it, try and destroy it. They woke up one day and they were ungrateful for what God has done for them. And there's not much worse that can be said about a person than they're disloyal. Because if you're just loyal, there's no limit to what you'll do. None. I don't want to be disloyal. Anybody else with me? So I know ingratitude leads to disloyalty. You know what changed the heart of people today? The fact that they, they would just go back. Remember how you were when you first got saved? Remember how thankful you were? Remember how, how you didn't know it all? You didn't have all the answers? And, and, and you were just thankful that God would snatch you out of the flames of hell and he would save you? You remember when you first stumbled into church and you didn't know which way to, to hold the hymn book? You couldn't even follow the words in the hymn book. You didn't know what do they mean by brother and sister. They didn't, you didn't know any of that. I'm just thankful that these people didn't throw me out because if they knew who I really was, remember when you were just thankful that God would speak to you and you would open this book and say, can you believe what God put there just for me in this hour, in this moment? Boy, if we would get back to that. I don't understand in the Bible, and it's, it's there in 2 Timothy chapter 3 as a sign of the last days. I don't understand a child who will grow up in a home where dad works hard to provide. Mom works hard to keep the home going. Sacrifices are made and Rest is done without, and things are done to the best that they can to provide for that, that child to have the things that they did not even have. And the things that they'll do without now so that they can have, and they can have an education they didn't have. They can have, 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 have opportunities they didn't have, and perhaps even have a church that they didn't have, and all these sacrifices are made and so that they can have and for that child to one day turn their back on mom and dad and say, well, I appreciate you what you did, but I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore and, 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 and have the sense of entitlement and, and be completely disloyal to the parents that God has given. See, parent, you say, Pastor, does that happen more than you think? If it happens once, it's too many times. You know where it comes from? It first comes from a heart of ingratitude because it is going to lead to disloyalty. I think of Ahithophel. You know the story of David and Absalom's betrayal of King David. Ahithophel was David's closest counselor. David brought Ahithophel into the king's palace. He lived under the king's roof. He ate at the king's table. He had the king's heart and the king's trust. He had everything that he was the envy. And boy, without being the king, he had all the privileges of being the king. And when 
Absalom rebelled. He found a willing ally that I would contend if you study the scripture, Absalom could not have completed, could not have done without Ahithophel. And Ahithophel was disloyal and turned on the king. And eventually it would cost him his life, but his disloyal action cost him the life of his children. Altered the future of generations. It cost Absalom his life and those that followed Absalom. Say, so how, how did that happen? Well, I would dare say there was a day when Ahithophel, his heart went from, wow, look at what the king does for me, to, yeah, I, I deserve this for what I do. As a matter of fact, if you study Ahithophel, he didn't think David appreciated his counsel enough. I think Absalom will appreciate me more. The talents I have, the wisdom that I have. He forgot who he was and what he was when the king brought him in to sit at his table. Ingratitude leads to disloyal, which takes me to number five. Ingratitude leads to destruction. There's only one of two endings for an ungrateful heart. Repentance or destruction. Now, I'm, I am beyond grateful to God's mercy and long-suffering, aren't you? Because truthfully, none of us could say we've always been grateful as we should be. But when we have that heart of ingratitude and it turns to complaining and murmuring and it turns to all of the things that are associated with ingratitude, it's going to end to one or two things. God's going to bring, a, bring us to a point where we, we see that and we acknowledge that. And maybe today is the day for somebody in here to realize, I really haven't had the grateful heart that I should have had. And for all of us to say, boy, I've got to be more grateful for what Christ has done for me. And I've I got to quit looking at this thing selfishly and look at this thing full of pride. And I deserve better and I should have more and, and I should be, be doing other things. Just say, I'm thankful that Jesus shed his blood for me. I'm thankful for salvation. I'm just thankful somebody came along and knocked on my door and invited me to church and told me that Jesus died and paid for my sins. I'm just happy that somebody came alongside of me so that, so that I, could, I could grow and God sent the right person at the right time. That would be a good thing for us all to realize today. But if we don't repent, you cannot find an example in Scripture that does not end with God judging and destroying. Can't find it. God would chastise and punish a whole generation because of ingratitude. God takes it very seriously because ingratitude, the heart of ingratitude is really a slander against God. I know what I need better than God does. I know what I should have more than God, more than God does. 
And friend, we, we have face circumstances, we face things in our life, and we don't have to like them all, we don't even have to understand them, but we've got to go back to Second Thess- First Thessalonians chapter number 5. In everything, give thanks. Well, Pastor, it could be better. You already know what I'm going to say. But it could be worse. It could be worse. We need a revival of gratitude. What is sad in, in, in our nation, and let me just say, if our nation doesn't change its course, all the American pride in the world is not going to stay the hand of God's judgment. It's not going to do it. You, you can have the largest nuclear arsenal in the world, it's not going to stay the hand of God's judgment. Oh, and by the way, considering the government we have right now, I sure appreciate past governments a lot more, don't you? Boy, gratitude leads to destruction. I'm, it's sad that this coming Thanksgiving we'll gather together and I don't think there's anything wrong with having a special day and remind us. I think it's good. I think that's why we celebrate people's birthdays. We're reminded of either how much of a blessing they are or how much of a thorn they are, one or the other. I mean, it's just, there's, you know, it's like, it's like Easter Sunday. We don't celebrate the resurrection of Christ just one day a year. We celebrate his resurrection every, but it's a good reminder for us to put a focus on. Uh, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not saying that this coming Thanksgiving, when you sit down with your family, you shouldn't be thankful and take some time to be thankful. All I'm saying is that should just be another day where we do that because we have a heart of gratitude. It is a spiritual matter. Say, Pastor, I have a hard time with this. And I'll go back to the introduction where it's our priorities and our praise. We may need to change our priorities. We may need to put a focus on our praise. When's the last time that you just stopped and said, I'm just going to take a few minutes and just praise God? I'm not talking running a lap or or, or talking like a turkey. I'm not talking talking about any of that. I'm talking about, you know, God, that's a beautiful, I was going to say sunrise, but most of you haven't seen that, sunset. (laughs) Thank you for that. I got out of bed today. Thank you for that. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my husband. Thank you for my children. Oh, if you had my children, you wouldn't be thankful. If you were thankful for them, you might would appreciate them a little bit more. As bad as your kids are, somebody's got them worse. If you don't think that's true, just come to me after. I'll tell you who they are. I I have to put it on my schedule. Yes, here's my prayer time, but here's my praise time. Because it makes us have the right perspective. He remembers we are but dust, and aren't you thankful for that? He doesn't expect perfection from us. He knows we're going to stumble and fall. We are dust, and so we need to be reminded that God loved us enough. He would send his son. I ought to be thankful for that. I ought to praise Him for that. I don't deserve salvation. I don't deserve His church. I'm thankful for it. I don't deserve His Word. I'm thankful for it. 
And by the way, I appreciate my Bible heritage. I appreciate my Baptist heritage. Because there are many who shed their blood because they would not baptize their baby as the Catholic Church demanded they did. Many's lives were taken because they would not join a specific church. I appreciate my heritage. But well, it is bad. Well, you ought to take a moment and realize the price that's been paid for you to have that Bible you don't read. You ought to realize the price that's been paid for you to, there to be a church for you not to attend. Man, I thought this was going to be Thanksgiving and lovey-dovey. Hey, there, there's, there's worse things that come from a heart of Thanksgiving, a, a lack of a heart of Thanksgiving. It was life-changing for me when I studied 2 Timothy chapter number 3 to the extent that I did to study all the fallacies of this, this today contemporary church. But I never got over that right in the middle. Unthankful. How can that be? Because if we don't take the time to be thankful. I'll probably not quote it correctly, and I'm sure I'm not the first one. You've probably read it or heard it. In order to be thankful, you must be thankful. You must think on the things that lead to thankfulness and gratitude. Now, you'll get disgruntled with your church if you think about the one time somebody didn't speak to you and you forget all the times. Or the one time pastor overlooked me or the one time pastor, I thought he was just, you know, he was just a little too strong and pointed there. Oh, remember all the times that pastors prayed for you as well. But my mom and dad were unfair. Your mom and dad put food on your table. Your mom and dad put a roof over your head. They may have had holes in the roof, but there's a roof over your head. Well, we need to have a, a heart and a spirit of gratitude. Well, God, I deserve better. No, friend, you and I deserve hell. And for God, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. How many of you are saved this morning on your way to heaven? Anything God gives you above that is a bonus. I've done this, and I try not to make it trite, but it keeps me in the right mind. Whenever something happens, and whenever something, especially in ministry and, and, and pastoring a church and and you didn't see it coming, or, you, or, 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 or it's like, man, that, that's not what I was anticipating there, or, or a problem comes up. I say to myself, well, at least I'm not going to hell. And I, I'm not trying to be trite with that, but I want to stay the right mindset. You know, after, after the service, I'll be out there, and somebody comes through. They didn't say they enjoyed the message. They're not grateful for their pastor. You know, if I'm thinking properly, I'll just be like, hey, well, at least they stayed awake today. <laughs> you can be grateful. 
Sometimes it's like, oh, they're not here. You, you, can, you, can, be, you can be grateful if you want to be. This is completely off topic, but I believe it would help our nation if our nation would read history. I don't like some of the things that are going on in our country. But I'm a little slower to be as critical because I understand the blood that's been shed so we can have our freedoms. But we as Christians don't understand the price that's been paid. Hebrews chapter number 11. Of whom the world was not worthy. There's those who were martyred for the cause of Christ so that we can have what we have. Young people, teenagers, young adults, young Christians, be very careful before you criticize something going on in the church. There's a generation that came before you that literally would sell their house and give the money so their church building could be built. Who made sacrifices so that we could have a church. Before you complain about the school and all these things, there are great prices that have been paid. How about we had to determine we're going to have a heart of gratitude. Let me make a challenge to us, and I'll, we'll go to invitation. Why don't we all just determine that we're going to start every day praising God and giving thanks? I wonder if we'd have better days. Why don't we all determine that we're going to end every day giving God thanks? Well, I don't know if I can find anything to be thankful for. You need more help than just putting this on your schedule. Because there's much for us to be thankful for. There's much for us to give God thanks for. It's a serious matter when God's people aren't thankful I believe we have a grateful church. But because we're flesh and blood, we will always have a tendency to have a heart of ingratitude. I hope this morning serves as a warning, but also a reminder of how good God's been to us. Of what we have in Christ. Oh, there's so many things. I thank God I'm, I'm in that he put me in the generation he's put me in. There's a lot of prices, the price that's been paid to get, get us to this point. I want to be very grateful. And by the way, are you really grateful for this book if you don't read it? You don't, you don't live it? Well, let's give honor to God through a grateful heart. Father, I pray.